Guys, it's time to check the tape. Defensive lineman, defensive tackle, Tyler Davis. I looked at his film. What did it tell me? I'm going to discuss all of that next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Guys. Happy Tuesday. We're here. It's another day, another week, and we're going to keep on pushing, man. But we got a nice show. Like I, t- I told you guys last week, uh, you know, or, or yesterday, show that I'm going to get into um, Tyler Davis. We're going to check the tape, see what that tells us, see what he can improve on and what he's already really good at. Uh, 24-7 Sports uh, dropped their coach uh, rankings and ratings, and one of our defensive coaches – Got a pretty good rating and pretty good high ranking on 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 their on their list as well as a on the prowl a three star twenty twenty four interior offensive lineman. I checked his take too. What did it tell me? We're gonna get into it. But guys, as always, I thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Anytime I drop these these uh, episodes and these podcasts, I appreciate all the love and support. So guys, let's get into it. Checking the tape. So Tyler Davis as we all know, is one of the better defensive linemen, defensive tackles in all of college football. Just extremely talented and not just, but, but not just talented. Like he's, he's talented, but he's also disruptive. Right. And, and you know, when you look at what he's, when you look at his body type, like he's six two, three hundred 300 pounds and, and, you know, throughout his career, he's played four years, but he, you know, 2020, you know, was the reduced season. He's got 20 sacks and throughout the, his four-year career so far, uh, going into his his fifth year, his, his final year, 20 sacks, 13 QB hits, 63 hurries and pressures, three batted passes, as well as, you know, uh, 72 stops in the run game. He's versatile, right? 6'2", 300, uh, kind of a boxy, squatty uh, type of frame. You know, very similar to um, Grady Jarrett in terms of his body type and, you know, things of that nature. And when I turned on the table and I watched Tyler Davis, I saw a guy that just knew how to get the job done. And that was, that's what was so and, and interesting for me. You know, hand usage is really good. Understands how to soften those rush angles, right? A uh, guy that knows how to attack a specific leverage and space, attack that shoulder, Right, play kind of the half man technique as a heavy handed puncher. He'll punch, you know, throw a quick jab or a strong jab to the shoulder pad, and then use this inside hand to 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 hit the the middle of the chest plate of the block of the offensive lineman and his blocker. And from there, he can control the rep. Does does a good job of that, right? Uh, knows how to use being a six foot two kind of undersized shorter guy. It's it, there's pros and cons to it. The, the of course the con is just like you, you don't want him reduce too far inside as a one tech, a zero tech, as a nose tackle, because that trying to two gap and handle double teams and duo blocks from these in the NFL, especially from these 315, 20 pound center 
left and right guard combinations, that's not really the best usage of him. But even though he, he is a little undersized, the, the the pros to that, rather, is the fact that he understands how to use his leverage and that he can get underneath the pads of one-on-one blocks. And not only not even just that, but he does a good job, for the most part, against uh, double teams, especially when he fires off first. He understands how to split the space Right, slice through the blocks, corkscrew where you know you're you detach your upper body and lower body. So his feet are planted and he's turning his torso and splitting like a pliers, right? You know, just kind of splitting like the jaws of life to get through and get in the backfield. He knows how to uh, he works well in twist and stunts. Him and Rook are great at that. They they time their stunts well, and he works as the the slanting penetrating penetrator at times but he also works as the looper who's designed to loop back around after rook slants and penetrates and takes two guys attention then that allows tyler davis to loop around and get into the face of the quarterback good footwork when working laterally a guy that in the run game especially with so much zone run uh running concepts uh around now uh being able to move laterally staying upright using your hands to lock out strike and lock out stack and shed and keep your feet moving without tripping over yourself, keeping good body control and con and um balance uh to to defeat these type of blocks. It, it's he does a good job and he locates the football well, quick first step. Like he's a he's a he's a gap shooter. So like he he's one of those guys that he lines up and he knows where his his assigned gap is. He comes off the ball with a quick first step, and that first step lets him and he keeps the shoulder the shoulder when he does. His perfect reps or his really good reps is when he comes off the ball with with, with with a quick first step and the shoulder pads are still low because he's dry. He's in that drive phase, kind of like if you watch track and field. Right. Or even the 40 yard dash, same thing where guys are in that stance and they come out the blocks, but they don't come. You know, you typically lose races or whatnot and lose time and lose speed when you come straight up out of and you pop up out of your stance. He does a good job when he keeps his shoulder pads low and keep that drive face where the shoulders are down, heads tucked, and then you come up to a great you, you gradually come up to a, a, a forward base or a standing base. He does a good job drive phasing it through, shooting and slicing through gaps and getting into the backfield. Good upper body strength as well. Plays with a relentless motor. You know what I mean? Talking you know, speaking with someone close to the program and that sees him every day, and he's like, man, listen, this guy doesn't want to be blocked. And even if he is blocked, he works tooth and nail. He fights and fights and fights until he gets free, and his motor is just, you can't teach that. And those are the things that, from an NFL scouting perspective, those are the things you want to hear, that you can't teach those things. Now, it's, again, getting into some of the cons and the things that, now this isn't something that he can truly work on because it's just, it's just his, his physical uh, stature and frame. He does has, you know, talking to somebody, like he does have shorter arms. So similar to Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett, like 32 and a half. Um, and, and it's like, it's not a kiss of death or nothing, but it's like, mm, it, it, it could it could cause some issues, right? Because it, it makes things a little harder to, like, I'll give you guys some, some insight here to, for a defensive lineman, let me scroll down here. I got my sheet here. Um, for for a defensive lineman, right? Because he probably, in my personal opinion, Tyler Davis projects better and and should be more of a four three four man front defensive tackle. So he's six two. So we just going through the, through, through the chart that I have, you know, from from some of the guys that that scout in the league. From it, from a height perspective, he's in the 25th percentile. Mm, okay, but he's three hundred pounds, so he's around the fiftieth percentile. 
And like when you think about like little grade yet, 32 and a half, he's in the middle of 25 and 50 because 25 percentile is 32 on the dot. Uh, the 50th percentile in terms of arm length is um, 33. So he's around at probably 40 percentile somewhere in there. Right. And, and things of that nature where that's what you have. You, you kind of you, you do worry about it because it's like, OK, because <clears throat> what? So I always tell you guys. It's like boxing. So if he. If his arms are shorter, even if they're on Grady Jarrett's, you know, playing, it's just you got to be a boxer. You got to be a really good boxer in terms of your t- the timing of your punches. You, yes, similar to, you know, you're talking about the Floyd Mayweathers and Muhammad Ali's and all that. Yes, you want to be an offensive guy. You want to be able to throw your punches and be aggressive when you want to be aggressive. But at times you also got to time everything right so that you can counter because these, these offensive linemen, especially on the interior, they understand everything is happening quick for them. Interior offensive alignment, interior defensive alignment, it's a quick game, right? You got to get in, get engaged, and, and get to work. And, you know, him coming off the ball and understanding how to counter those guys' over-aggressiveness, right? Because typically when they're going to be over-aggressive, their hands going to be out here. They're going to be wide. They're not going to be in tight and inside. They're going to be wide. So what do they do? How do you counter that? Tyler Davis got to get his hands in, get fit, and do his thing. So I think that's that's a big part of it, guys, is that – uh, you know, like I said, being undersized, having the shorter arms, uh, just make it a little bit more difficult for him to play that zero, that nose tackle on one tech, but ideally three tech, maybe some four eye. And if you are a three, four team and you want to put him as a five tech, you know, that I don't have a problem with that either. But the strength, the quickness, the motor, the things you just can't teach, the physical uh, ability that he has, man, this is a disruptive and talented player. I absolutely love his game and what he brings to the table. But guys, listen. We got to talk talk about bringing things to the table. Defensive coach, 24-7 sports, man, showing some love to, to our defensive end coach, our, our one of our defensive line coaches, man, um, you know, Lemansky Hall. And, and I loved it, right? Defensive end coach, he gave they gave him a lot of love, a lot of praise. So we're going to get into their rankings of, uh, of coaches across the league coming up next. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. Because, guys, listen to me right now. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. I'm going to run that back and repeat it. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and doesn't hit. So don't, don't stress. Don't trip. We got you covered. Guys, all you need to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and join today. So if you're a Braves fan, a Rangers fan, an Angels fan, an Oriole fan, a Yankees fan, Mets fan, it doesn't really matter, Marlins fan, Marion fan, it doesn't matter because you can bet on your team and bet against other teams. So don't miss a chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up because, guys, listen, FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. 24-7 Sports Coach Rating Index. They rated and ranked college football's 10 best coaches across the board by a formula developed by Matrix Matrix Analytic Coaching Coach Rating Index. Right, And, and there's some really nice names on this list, guys. Some good names. And some, some spots that caught me off guard a little bit. So I'm going to go through the top 10. I'm going to start at 10, and I'm going to work my way 
to one. And number 10, this one caught me off guard big time. Brian Hartline, wide receiver coach from Ohio State. This man is doing an incredible job. He, he's probably the GOAT recruiter and, and wide receiver coach in the game right now on who, how many five-star and first-round picks he has recruited, you know, during his time in this position. And number nine, Phil Parker, Iowa defensive coordinator. He's at nine. Number eight, Mike Norvell, who is the head coach for Florida State, but he's also listed as their offensive coordinator. At uh, number seven, Del McGee, Georgia runnings back, running backs coach. Not surprised there because they know how to churn out top-tier type of backs. Number six, love another Iowa, LeVar Woods, Iowa special teams coordinator at six. Number five, Bobby April the third, Stanford's outside linebackers coach. Number four, our guy, Lemansky Hall, Clemson defensive ends coach. I'll get into him in a second. Number three is Lincoln Riley, who's the head coach of USC, but uh, the, uh, the Trojans, but also their offensive coordinator. Number two is Mike Trussell, uh, Wisconsin's linebacker coach. And at number one is Nick Saban, Alabama head coach. Career great. Like, you know what I mean? So we, we were not surprised by that. But let's get into while we're here, Lemansky Hall. Leman and in their blurb, they talked about how Lemansky Hall has developed some of the best defensive ends in college football over the last five years. In short order, he has coached players to seven all ACC honors since 2018. Keep in mind, this is with only two starters on the field. Both starters, Miles Murphy and KJ Henry, earned all ACC honors in 2022. In five seasons, Cleveland Farrell, consensus All-American, Xavier Thomas, Murphy, Henry, and, and Murphy and Henry became household names. Production has been outrageous as well. Clemson broke records for 54 sacks, the third most in the sport since 2000, while also winning a national title in 2018. The Tigers recorded 44 sacks, the fourth most in the nation just last season. What's next for Hall? Job or job opportunities are sure to increase, you know, per 27 sports to 24 seven sports. I'm sorry. And I agree when you can, the proof that that phrase, the proof is in the pudding is so real because when the proof is in the pudding, you can't, you, you can't ignore it. And that's what I'm looking at here with, with coach hall, just what he's been able to do. Like the names speak for themselves. Right. And then he's still Xavier Thomas is still here this year. Right. And everything like you still have talent to where Xavier Thomas takes off and has another great season, right? And you look at what he's going to be able to do with this team and with this with this defensive pass rush, like you can't you can't do anything but be happy about it. Like if you if you're really a Clemson fan, and and it's it would suck because it's versatile too because. While he has a great season, right? Especially, you know, Justin Maskell getting the young kid TJ Parker uh going, right? If you can get Cade Denhoff rolling and, and everything in front of the defensive end spot and, and 44 sacks, I think, like I said, it was like what third, fourth most last year. If they can get back into the 50s, man, like somebody is going to understand it. All right, because it may not be a head coach. Coaching job immediately, but I would be I'll be shocked if another team doesn't come running in his direction with a contract to be their defensive coordinator. To where now he takes on a bigger role. It's not just the defensive ends, but he's involved, in, and I'm pretty sure he's involved with more things than defensive ends for Clemson. But when he takes over a defensive coordinator role, it's like okay, 
Now you're calling the plays, you're setting everything, you're running this this ship the way that you want, right? And I think that's that's an opportunity that absolutely should come his way, and I wouldn't be surprised if it came his way because he's proven to be he's a he's he's a proven commodity uh, in terms of a positional coach, and when any. At the end of the day, defense still wins championships. You still need a defense. You still got to make defensive plays. And I think with, Leman- with Coach Lemansky Hall, uh, you know, manning the defensive end in this pass rush, I think that you know it, it, it's it's with the talent that this defensive line has, it, you know, this defense can really be the 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 catalyst if Clemson gets back to uh, the, to the playoffs and national championships. This defense could be the big catalyst that gets them there, guys. I truly believe that. And like I said, at the end of the day, what coach hall has been able to do like somebody's going to come knocking somebody's going to come to his front door like hey you know we we, we you know especially think about those pac-12 teams no shot no disrespect to Pac-12. no i'm not trying to disrespect pac-12 but they don't they typically they're not big into defense they'll have defensive prospects like watching has braylon trice and uh i think a ztf zion I don't want to pronounce the young man's name. I always butcher it. I got to listen to somebody else say it so I can get it ingrained in my mind as a draft analyst. But, yeah, like, you know, you, you think of Brandon Doyle's at Oregon and different things like, like that, Corey Foreman at USC. They they have players, but typically they're, the Pac-12 is more of a uh, – a um, what's the term? More of an offensive conference, right? Even even the, the, the Big 12, where we saw Brent Venables leave for, right? He, he's over there coaching – uh, OU and I think OU's defenses look better than it did in recent years under Alex Grinch. Why? Because Brent Venables is that dude, and in terms of he's, I'll call him a certified maniac. The way that he schemes and devises plans to pressure quarterbacks. I've looked at some. I've I've literally taken still shots while watching film of him during this time at, at, at Clemson, and I'm just looking at the package that he has on the field and how the front seven is structured. And I'm just like, this man is insane. But it's insane in a good way. So you think about the Big 12, teams that, that that need another defensive stalwart type of coach. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Coach Hall starts getting these calls from these different um, from different schools across the country, not just on the East Coast, but on the West Coast and in, in, in the South as well. And you think about, like I said, in, in Texas, in the state of Texas, different things like that, like in the Big 12, in the Pac-12, those different, you know, conferences and programs, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Hall got the call because the proof is in the pudding. Simple as that, guys. The proof is in the pudding, man. So shout out to Coach Hall. He, he, he's he's well-deserved to be on that list and to be high because he's done everything that he needed to do. And he's gotten, listen, Miles Murphy uh, and KJ Henry both drafted this year. Mur- Miles Murphy, a first-round pick. KJ Henry was, I think, late day two and be early day three pick or whatnot. But still, yet yeah, very few, very viewed highly in terms of what he can do and, and the contribution he can bring to a defensive line. And like I said, we got uh, you got uh, you know um, Xavier Thomas and you have Justin Maskell that I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do in their final season with Coach Hall before these goes these guys go off to the NFL. But before we can get into the NFL, we got to go on the prowl and find. More recruits. We got 2024 three-star interior offensive line recruit that is uh, being favored to Clemson. Hmm, we'll see. We're going to discuss it coming up next. On the prowl, ladies and gentlemen, interior offensive lineman Jamison Riggs, and you know, you know the site that I typically use for my recruiting information, and that's one.com. Go check it out. That is one.com. Replace the E with the three, and you got yourself a great 
uh, resource, man, because they do great work. But they have they have a recruiting uh, prediction machine. And right now, you know, three-star interior offensive line recruit, Jamison Riggs from uh, Hiram, Georgia. He's 6'4 and a half, 300 pounds. And he is – they have him listed as an 82.1% uh, favorite to Clemson. And I'm going to say right now, guys, I, I checked the tape for, for Tyler Davis, right? But I also checked the tape for this young man as well. And I loved what I saw from him. He played, he played more left tackle, uh, you know, in, you know, off his sophomore and junior year uh, of, of tape. But he played left tackle. But you saw a guy that played with toughness and physicality. He is aggressive, and I love it. As a former running back, I absolutely love it. And his 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 tape is littered with, you know, just him being a finisher, like getting his hands on guys. He's really strong, lower body and upper body wise. And you know, because at first, I'm not gonna lie, I wonder. I was like, okay, they haven't listened to the interior offensive lineman, but he's playing left tackle. So the first thing I wanted to look at, which may sound bad to some people, is like. I want to look at for the why, the negative. Like, why is he listed as an interior offensive lineman and not a left tackle, right? So I looked at the neck. I wanted to look at the bad news first. Why is he viewed as somebody that needs to kick inside, right? <clears throat> and I quickly understood why. And it's more so the functional play speed of his feet in terms of vertical sets, diagonal sets, things like that. Um, to He does a good job in pass pro, but – He's not someone that you project to have the most nimble, quickest feet out in space. So you think about the the, the varying explosive rushers that you will see in college football. Guys who are probably going to play more off. Some guys are going to be like they, they play defensive. Uh, they play the edge position, outside linebacker, stand-up edge, but they're probably going to play stack backer in, in the NFL because they're not the size to play full-time edge in the NFL, but they're playing it in college. And these guys are four, 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 five type of athletes that are extremely explosive and know how to dip and bend and rip and get around the outside. And if he he does a good job protecting the inside hand or the inside path, but it's more so protecting the outside path versus those explosive, um, you know, twitched up edge rushers. And I I kind of see where okay, he his best ball may be going kicking inside the guard. And I think that is true. And again, it goes back to what he does well. This guy's a aggressive run blocker, especially when working vertically. Now, he can't work the lateral game, too, but I love it. Like, you're talking about strong hands where it's like lat, grip and latch, right? He he latches and locks in. Oh, man, once he gets his hands in, inside the, the, the shoulder pads or inside the chest plate and, the, and gets his hands on the jersey of a defender, he can control those guys, man, whether in pass rush or in, in running blocking situations. And he's a guy that wants to throw guys out of the club. You just see him. There's a couple reps where he, you know, a guy, you know, edge rushes trying to get upfield versus the run, and he gets his hands latched, and he just drives them to the ground immediately, right? And And, and that's what was blown. So you love that finisher mentality from him. Like I said, that physicality and that toughness. And even in pass pro, he has the ability when he let, when he gets his hands on guys, his feet are he his feet are planted, his hands are latched, and now he's it's time to stonewall. So he does a good job of that. But I think you're going you would get the best out of him. Like I said, he, he's what six four and a half, um, what's three hundred pounds. 
I could easily see this kid, you know, growing to six foot five, getting that 310, 315, finishing bulking up, you know, muscle wise in in a in a college scheme in college weight room. Um, but you know, I think his best ball would be at guard. And this young man could he's gonna he's gonna what I best what I wrote down. Like, because I was write down one liners because you know over draft network we do our scouting reports, which you can go check out at the draftnetwork.com. What we do is we when we do our scouting reports, we put an impact statement. It's just a one liner, so you know exactly what you're getting. He's a tone setter. He's a tone setter, and 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 I love because I again as a former running back, I love to see it. He pulls well. He is good enough of an athlete to pull and get out in space and lead the run, the runner to daylight. This is a talented kid, man. Listen, we we went through Jameson Riggs and three star interior offensive lineman for the twenty twenty four class. Clemson's projected to be the lead dog in the in, in the clubhouse form. Twenty four seven Sports giving love. Uh, to Coach Lemansky Hall, defensive end coach for the for for the Clemson Tigers and their coach ratings and rankings, and we checked the tape. Tyler Davis is that guy, uh, and I I've heard that you know he has some second round buzz um, from some of the scouts I know in the league. So talented guy, talented player, uh, more of a four three type of defensive tackle. So I enjoy watching his tape and how disruptive and physical, and just he plays with his hair on fire. I absolutely love it. But guys, and that's like I said again, that is our show. You know, as always, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I appreciate y'all, and I thank y'all so much, as always, for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day whenever I drop these podcasts. On tomorrow, we're going to get into more checking the tape. Barrett Carter, we're going to talk about him, man. Get back on the prowl and see what's going on. And let's go ahead and start ranking. I'm, I'm a, You know, I've been doing everybody else's rankings, but I'm going to rank the some 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 position ACC positions starting with quarterback. You know where does K Klubnik rank among the other starting quarterbacks in the ACC? Stay tuned for tomorrow. In terms of Twitter, you can find and follow me there. DP underscore NFL. Talk to me because I talk back, ladies and gentlemen. And I appreciate and love y'all as always. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.